2: many other things. Goodbye and smooch. Good night. Bye-bye. Hey friendos, Steve here. Hey Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steve and Larson available wherever podcasts can be found and of course taped live at the Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Steve and Larson. We are on the road. To double or nothing, and uh, our good friendo Louis Dangor made this point on the Twitter. Given that the next, well, between now and double or nothing, I think a couple of the dynamite episodes are 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 they being pushed for various sporting events like Let's guess basketball through a different time or something like to a different day, perhaps. Yeah, uh, tonight really sure did feel like go home. everything is getting sorted for double or nothing. Yeah, like they're making sure everybody knows. Basically At least for what most the of, of the big matches are gonna be for double. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. A packed, uh, packed dynamite tonight. Maybe, and I know I'm gonna get crap in the comments, maybe to a fault, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain about the effort in trying to stack a bunch of stuff in an episode, Larson. I'm not
3: either. That being said though, there was a couple instances where they should have let things breathe a little bit. Just give it some time to breathe. Most glaringly, SCU being forced to break up.
2: Give that moment time to breathe. There was a point made about this is why there's there's two there's two big instances for tonight that were uh, that seemed really weird. and no, I'm not talking about Cody. that's its own level of weird. Um, we're gonna get to that by the way. Uh, SCU's breakup. Uh, they lost to the Young Bucks, so they can no longer be a tag team, mm-hmm. and uh, and then of course the, uh, the 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 announcement that Pack Orange Cassidy and Kenny Omega will be a triple threat match at Double or Nothing for the title. So that instance seemed like. That match, that finish had to be called on the fly because Orange Cassidy got his bell rung. Mm-hmm. Now Sean Rossap has confirmed that he's okay, Good but news. it seems like in the heat of the moment he wasn't, and they had to rush that finish. That's yeah, really yeah. what it feels. Yeah, like. Yeah, it
3: definitely, it definitely, it definitely did. It felt like they had to scramble to to, to come up with a new finish to get the result they wanted because I think uh, Dave Meltzer tweeted that the plan had always been a triple threat at double or nothing between Kenny, Cassidy, and Pac. Um But, yeah, even on that powerbomb spot, you could tell Orange Cassidy was not right. Uh, they tried to buy him some time through a commercial break. wasn't quite enough, and good on them for finding a way to get out of that match without Orange Cassidy having to take any more bumps. Uh, you know, they played it safe in this instance, uh, made sure that he didn't get hurt any further. So, uh, you know, they got the result they needed and wanted, uh, was it a little clunky? Yeah, but given the circumstance, it's hard to really blame
2: them for that. They did they did what they could. You can't mm-hmm. you can't put blame on them for that. Nope. You can't, you know, guys hurt out there. You're not gonna get what you want. And then the SCU thing, I have there, there's one of two ideas. I mean, okay. One idea is they were just really tone deaf on SCU breaking up. And I I'll be honest with you, I kind of refuse to believe that. The only other alternatives are This is going to be played up. This was intentional in order to be played up as part of a story for whatever SCU has coming up. Like they're going to feel disrespected and blah, blah, blah. Something happens with that. That's a possibility because AEW is usually good at that stuff because this was a very deliberate moment that they robbed from SCU. Daniel bleeding the shine. He was bloody all over. And I understand that for the majority of that match, there was tons of, like, you couldn't get away from it. But maybe, just maybe, because last week TNT allowed them to go as bloody as they did, maybe this week they felt the need to, okay, there's way too much blood that we're seeing right now. We got to cut away as soon as we possibly mm. can. I mean, they literally TNT's showed breathing a, cl- down a, our
3: necks. a close-up of Daniels laying on his back, and you could see the p- blood pool under his head. Like they made, that was I'm sure the point of that shot was to show how much he was bleeding.
2: Well, the blood was on the Jordans, too, and they made a know, point of exactly. that.
3: So why do, they weren't I, shying I away from the blood whatsoever. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that can't be a possibility. I'm just kind of doubtful. I think of the two scenarios you presented, that as story beat is the more likely. Um, I don't feel like AEW has ever shied away from showing blood, you know?
2: Well, I don't know what the you're, – you're right, and all the points you just made are great. They they really incorporated in the story. I just – and then on top of that, they had Mox and Kingston already back there – for this shot, but maybe that was supposed to happen after an elongated hug moment with SCU, and maybe somebody from TNT called them. I don't know. I, I remember, I just remember reading the WCW book and reading so much about what standards and practices yeah. would always be breathing down their neck, and it felt so awkward and strange for them to do this that it's either part of a story or it's uh, or 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 they were forced to. I kind of refuse to believe that they'd be so like, disrespectful towards SCU's legacy as to just really abruptly and awkwardly say, oh, wait, we can't watch this because we have to get backstage. It felt very forced in the moment. It did. It was odd. It Who was knows? very strange. Who knows? Who but, knows? I mean, it came off the the tail end of just an absolutely terrific match. There was a couple of just really killer matches. Of yeah. course, the match that opened everything up, Mox versus Eugene it. Got it. just a really great historical moment, mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. you know? Um, as you mentioned, yeah, Young Bucks and SCU was a really good match, told a hell of a story, and then the main event, Oh uh, Miro versus Darby. Again, told a really good story. Uh, Miro finally getting his championship in AEW. He's your new TNT champ. Marked out pretty huge for that. I'm a, I'm a huge Miro fan. So
2: congratulations to Miro. You know, I'm gonna let myself, I'm gonna allow myself be a fan here. All right. Fuck him. I was so this was this was one of the few matches, and this is this is purely as a fan, okay? All right. Miro does deserve this. He's come a long way. It's great, right? He had the TNT logo, but this to me was Rocky 4. I totally bought in. I totally bought in. This is it doesn't happen very often for me too much anymore. By and large because like these days when we do pay-per-views because of predictions, I just want to keep all that gold back there. Yeah, it's like playing fantasy football. But a match like this where Darby Allen has one of those killer short films in advance and they Got me with the with the fist bump to Sting. Oh, they got me. They got me big with that because wow. he looked at him and it was Dad in his eyes. Yep. Because up until now they're both very cool, chill guys. Darby almost gives an attitude like I don't really need this old man, but he looked over at Sting and the television production for all the shit people talk about AEW's television production. Yeah, we did the production of- here like <laughs> we did the. Pro- you know what though, we defended a lot of that stuff. Yeah, uh, the 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 production on Darby looking over at Sting and Sting basically giving him this look like, hey, you win some, you lose some because they both knew what was about to happen. And fucking Miro, this monster in there, and he has the audacity to have the fucking TNT logo on his shorts. Love it. Love it. That piece of shit. No, nah, he's the best. But that's me buying into it as a fan, and that's what they want. I want to see somebody kick Miro's ass now, and I think that's the desired no, response. I want, he absolutely to have, I want deserves Miro it. to have
3: a Bruno esque with that title.
2: Oh, man, no oh, way. Miro's great. I bought, I bought into this so hardcore. I loved the little short film beforehand. All right, let's
3: talk about something we did, neither of us bought into. Let's talk about Cody here.
2: Ha <laughs> Yes. I'm all in on this shit. I'm getting that jacket, Larson. Oh, I'm proud to be no, an American.
3: Stop singing stop singing because first Because
2: of, of Cody wrote. you Really, in other
3: words. Uh <laughs> see, you're into this in an ironic sense cuz it's so yeah, over totally. the top. It
2: sucks. It's so fucking it's
3: bad. It's so it's so bad.
2: It's so bad. That you
3: want to see how far Cody's going to push this whole thing. Yeah. Like your whole thing is, yes. is, is in terms of appreciating Cody is how far is he going to push uh his 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 influence maybe backstage uh the limits of good taste. Yeah. Um, uh, I could go on and on. Cody is all about seeing the, what he can get away with, it feels like.
2: <laughs> I love this fool is, may, is doing the shit that people kill Vince for. Oh, they're doing the evil foreign heel. You're doing on a dude who's in a faction that is all, well, I don't know about, aren't they all like American dudes? I believe so. I think they are. I mean, I some you know, sometimes they're Canadian. I don't know. Um. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you
0: find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.
2: But, like, it's not like he's part of this evil heel British faction or something. And yes, he draped Cody Rhodes in the, in the Union Jack. I get that. But at what point did he run down... This flawed country of ours in the first place. He did a one promo like a few weeks back. He just made a, a reference, one reference. Oh my! I think, God. He was- and he starts talking about the election oh. and and what was it? You, I think you you probably in your set have it verbatim. Probably what did he say? Well, not quite verbatim.
3: Uh, I could I could. We'll just get into it now. I was
2: shocked. I yeah. was, are you kidding me? Yeah,
3: I got I got. But, it, I got and he's and winning.
2: By the way, he's totally winning. Because
3: he, we'll get to it. here. This, this is kind of what he says. This is paraphrasing. So he says his old hat to be patriotic, be pr- to be proud to be an American. Hey, we all live in the real world, but I've never been more proud to be an American. This says Anthony Gogo has run down and verbally buried in the United States. And the irony is that a Gogo has a visa, thanks to the U.S., and has money, thanks to the U.S. And he starts, uh, he says, you talk about anger and division. Yeah, he brings up the election, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, so the argument is what? Is that, it, is that what makes us us? The anger and division of what makes us America. He says, our empathy is greater than our arguments. Uh, he says, Agogo, I know you didn't come here to follow the British dream. Uh, he dropped oh. some Willie Nelson lyrics.
2: <laughs> um, I'm sure. I'm sure Willie loves this, by the way. I'm sure Willie would love this shit to be associated with this kind of shit. I don't know.
3: I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't know. Um, says a likes to pontificate on the U S and then Cody starts. Uh, he starts telling some stories. Uh, uh, t- starts t- t- talking about uh, segregation in the South. His child uh, says uh, he's not going to have a defeatist attitude. When someone uh, talks crap about the U S he's going to fight back and he's going to do the fighting, get double or nothing. He says, uh, TK has already told the world that we're going to coming back to full capacity, Says, I won't be wrestling as the American Nightmare that night, because for one night only, I'll be wrestling as the
2: American Dream. Listen, baby, listen. You can be the American Dream tonight, because you're fighting, you're fighting. Or oh, the red coats or blue? They're red coats, right? The, the British. The British, yes. The British are red coats. <laughs> so he came out there and said the Redcoats are coming.
3: So it's like, throughout this promo, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're really oh doing this?
2: Lordy, I know. They're really doing this? And then he when he started, I was like, what the fuck?
3: And then when he busted out the American Dream thing, once he said for one night only, I'm like, oh, I know where this is going. Uh, I'm like, okay, he's not losing. He's not losing when he's the American Dream. Because for Cody to tell his story, Anthony Gogo, for one, it's not being Cody, but he
2: certainly isn't beating the American Dream. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, no. No. As soon I'll be honest with you, as soon as he started making it about America, I was like, "No, okay, let's backtrack a little bit. Now, there this was never corroborated or substantiated or whatever confirmed. But if if Larson, if there was ever emails that were contentious between Cody and the young bucks and Kenny it might have been because he was like, hey, guys, guys, I have a great idea. Okay, great idea. You know how I'm going to beat this go-go guy at double or nothing? They're like, no, but okay, sure. I'm going to make him an evil foreign heel. We might have a problem with that, Cody. Send. <laughs> I mean, get out of here. Get out of here. Dude, if you ever approached me and said, hey, Steve, I have an idea for going in wrong. It's going to include an unironic take on the evil foreign heel thing, I would probably send you a contentious email
1: I would because so. this
2: is stupid. It's so fucking dumb. It's so bad. It is, but I'm here for it. Cause that jacket is amazing. And there's just not even a hint of self-awareness there. Yeah. That's not even thing. a hint. That's really the thing. Not even a hint is,
3: is yeah. You
2: know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because, well, yeah, broken wheelchair, especially when Omega is an American, is not American. Um, oh, my uh, God.
3: Like the, the, the whole thing about Cody is like we've debated to various degrees is this whole Triple H thing. What level of self-awareness is going on with him with that whole thing? Um, I
2: thought I hey, he proved me wrong. <laughs> he proved me fucking wrong, man. I thought I thought. I thought he was totally self-aware uh-uh. I don't think so don't does know. it change does it change if a go-go wins uh well yeah, it would you think so yeah so it's kind of contingent on Cody going all out American and then winning and then if he gets hit in the in the gut and throws up in the ring and then loses they're like okay maybe he is a little self-aware. What if he, what if he like, gets the American flag, puts it under Cody, and then punches Cody in the gut, and he throws up on the American flag? Oh, wow. At that point, it's like, whoa, Cody, you're onto something good here. Yeah, it's like, now <laughs> you're getting to some complexities here. <laughs> now you're getting to some complexities here, exactly.
3: But, yeah, it, it's pretty surprising that AEW, or Cody, I should say, uh, would take this route with the storyline. Because, yes, how many times has WWE gone down this path and gotten criticized? Oh, yeah for something like this and it's just yeah it's it's fairly surprising hopefully there's a twist on it that will make it seem more interesting than what we are presented tonight but just tonight
2: man it was so earnest it'd be hard it would be really difficult at this point there would have to be some massive swerve for me to walk this back and be like oh whoa he really threw us for one this was a troll the entire time I know Um, and, and I'll be, I'll be man enough to say, Hey, I was wrong. And he, 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 he fooled me, but for this night, for this one night here, man, that was, I mean, dude, on today of all days, when one of the parties tossed a member of their leadership out for not buying into a massive lie. Yep. I know. I know. I know.
3: And that's like the line about our empathy, uh, is, what was it? Our empathy
2: is. Greater than her oh, arguments. So I'm yeah. like, do you not read the newspaper, Cody? Dude, seriously. Yeah. Boy, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's funny because the, the, the response on Twitter, at least, and I know I'm in a bubble like everybody else, but I did not see a lot of positivity for this promo at all, at all. So I don't know, man. It, this is uh <laughs> it's incredibly silly. Incredibly silly at at best, at worst, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. know. Anyways, don't let's know. dive right into it. Uh, kicked off with uh, Wild Thing. I think I love you. So Yuji Nagata versus uh, uh, Jonathan Wild Moxley. Thing. John Moxley. Wild Thing. John Moxley. Apparently, that was an ode to Atsushi Onita. You said you wouldn't want him to uh, to to continue using Wild Thing. I think it'd be pretty rad to be honest, because I don't know his theme.
3: Like I've heard it. You know, I, I thought, when because we texted about this uh, when that happened. And I was like, oh, I could sing it. And I started singing it to myself. And I started thinking and thinking and thinking. I'm like, no, what? The singing is actually the Hardy Boys theme.
2: Because it actually sounds a little bit like it. <laughs> Does it? I don't a know. it. Little Go little ahead and can like, you I sing can it for it. me a little bit and see if I recognize it. So so by like the I way, he- this is totally going to be one of the categories in our Tag yes. Team tournament. So I can hear show. the
3: box theme in my head because it goes, meh but it kind of goes but that's the hardy boys. oh yeah no okay but it da- kind of does go like that it's kind of that huh yeah. yeah I know what you're talking about Yeah. but it starts with something like
2: that anyways so yeah Yuji Nagata comes out with Ren Narita which is pretty cool some real physical stuff here this just seemed like Mox having fun With Yuji Nagata Nagata selling all of his offense. Uh, uh, You know, Nagata gets his blows in. Mox started out strong though. Nagata gets Mox in trouble with an arm bar. Mox gets his foot to the ropes. In the end though, Jon Moxley hits his paradigm shift. And Excalibur even referenced the fact that it's called Death Rider in Japan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Got that for three. And then afterwards, uh, uh, Mox, you know, bows to Nagata. Nagata bows back. And they both uh, stand up as a sign of respect. Mm-hmm. This scene this was probably just like an absolute amazing moment for, yeah. for Mox. So that's I think great so. for him. That's I would awesome. Think
3: so I would think so. Uh, it was pretty cool that they announced beforehand that this match would be fought under New Japan rules as well. So there'd be a, tw- a twenty count count out as opposed to ten. Right. Uh, I think it's a sixty minute time limit, so on and so forth. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Pretty yeah. cool. So after that we had the inner circle interview with Ortiz, Hager, and Sammy. Uh, Ortiz says, hey, we got a message for the Pinnacle. Uh, They had him beat, but a twist of fate occurred, and then when MJF pushed Jericho off the top of the cage, oh, sorry, when uh, MJF pushed Jericho off the cage, but on top of that, sorry, I took really, like, shorthand notes here. uh, And then after that, had Santana arrested because he used a fork during the match. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hager said they would have to kill him to beat him, but we're still alive, so Pinnacle, you failed. And Sammy says, we want a rematch. You don't give us the rematch. We're going to put Pinnacle in the grave.
2: uh i thought this was uh i thought hager was really good here like yeah, you know too. hager hager doesn't talk a whole lot but he stands out when he does because in AEW, most of his promo work is pretty has been pretty decent i thought he was mm-hmm. pretty good here yeah I uh, so too. after that cody comes out and i texted you i said why isn't this the main event cody's about to talk this is kind of a big deal same question, and same after question. hearing what he had to say i stand by that this should have been the main event <laughs> So, yeah, we went through we went through most of this already. We just did. Uh, You know, one point we didn't mention this. uh, He was getting he talked about like desegregation and related that to like, you know, now he's going to have a a mixed race child. Uh, uh, (laughs) He doesn't lay down when someone runs down his country. So they're going to fight a double or nothing. The American dream. Cody Rhodes. He got teary eyed when he talked about his baby. That's going to be a thing. Oh man! So, anyways, that uh, happened
3: after. Yeah, uh, after that, there was a pretty good SCU video package, uh, kind of recounting their history with the Young Bucks. Uh, a lot of uh, pictures of them on the road, out front of Cracker Barrel, all sitting in the Rocky chairs, all that kind of stuff. And then they, you know, he, he, I think it was Kazarian said, when you know, when I see the Young Bucks now, I think back to those times, and it upsets me because those aren't the Young Bucks standing who are standing in front of me now.
2: Yeah, this was really well done. I like this. Uh, and then we had SCU versus the Young Bucks. Great match. Great match. SCU wearing uh, Team Taz colors.
3: And the uh, uh, Young
2: Bucks wearing some great gear. They had some uh, some Jordan 1s on. The banned Jordan 1s. I had to look these up. I was like, oh, I want to bring my sneaker knowledge to Larson today.
3: Yeah. Banned.
2: Yeah. Right? Because they Except were banned they put by white. Yeah. Except they put white laces on them. Yes, because and I think the reason they, they were banned
3: comb. by the NBA because they had
2: to have some white on them. Mm. Interesting. There so you go. Did he? Learning all the time. That's great. It I did not. I know think NBA fine Jordan for for
3: wearing a us ah, but it right. was fine for. Wearing. So, are
2: these ones like? Are these specific uh ones like super expensive? I try to look up and see if there were any that were like super expensive, and I they all seem like no, around the normal price.
3: uh They are not as expensive as the Dior ones they wore. The Dior
2: ones are ridiculous. Yeah, those are legit
3: right? expensive. But these, yeah. I mean, like that, you know, they re-release them every few years. Oh, okay, so right. you know they're touting the thousand dollar price tag, and I don't think it was quite that much. I mean it the white does.
2: laces really came in handy for the blood spot. Yes. Uh because Here, I'll, yeah, are
3: all about X to see how much they go for.
2: Cause Daniels got bloody. I mean this is sort of, you know, the story of this match was, you know, Daniels got basically taken out because of, you know, all the blood and 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 yeah. Nick was laughing at that. Uh he sort of took enough time to let uh Kazarian come to after he was beat down. So Nick Jackson ends up eating a cutter from Kaz uh he sort of fends him off for a bit but the Bucks take back over Kaz holds his own in the two-on-one getting a roll up as Gallows distracts the ref Kaz then looks at Gallows and hits Styles clash on Matt was great. which was pretty great Nick breaks it up uh the Bucks hit a tombstone and a kick Daniels is able to finally come to enough to break up that pin he tags in eats a spear immediately but, man, he starts going off. He's kicking out of pretty much everything. He's bleeding. There was a great shot, we mentioned this, of him bleeding all over uh, one oh, of the Young Bucks' Jordans. Jordan It bleeding buckets, it was, it was buckets. It was buckets. Uh, so then uh, Matt sprayed, like while the ref is distracted, Matt sprays some cold spray in Daniel's face, then nails him with the bottle, and that still only gets him two. But then in the end, a BTE trigger gets three for the Young Bucks' And uh, right as SCU, they have like one kind of extended shot on Kaz as yeah. he's approaching yeah, Daniels, yeah. and then they're like, we got to get backstage because something's happening, and it's Mox and Kingston, and they're ripping up the Elite's dressing room pretty fierce. Mm-hmm. And then we come back and we're able to see a bit of Daniels and Kazarian uh, hugging. Um, but, yeah, it, it felt like an odd moment for them to tear away there. Any update on the band, Jordans? I'm looking to see. So if it's the actual Jordan
3: 1 band highs yeah, on StockX right now for the 2016 re-release, those are going for 550 roughly a pair. Oh.
2: Okay, that's what that's what I was able to find. But too, if it's was the mids,
3: which were re-released last year, this color blocking is a little different. I was trying to get a good still of what the Young Bucks were wearing. Those are cheaper.
2: Okay, yeah. I only found the $500 ones and, and yeah. I didn't find anything higher. Um, I mean, it's still expensive right. for a pair of <laughs> shoes,
3: but it's not no, anywhere close to
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, For sure. Until the Diors. Yeah. Uh, oh, here we go. Let me that, see. Yeah, those got? are those are the highs. Okay. All right. Well, there you go then. Uh we had a Christian interview. Uh he calls out his tech the technique from with Taz from last week. He said, uh God, what he made a buffet joke about he Taz. Did. He
3: said uh, something about no one could argue with Taz's the uh, technique at the buffet. Yeah. Something like that. And he says, uh, you know, hey, no one no one could argue that Taz used to be a bad man. But he's thinking now, he's not going to step through those ropes and back up his words, Christian says, but I am. I got an open contract to face any member of Team Taz. Mm-hmm. And then he trans or he, uh, segues talking about uh, Casino Battle Royal. The uh, winner gets a title shot whenever they want it. He's going to be in it. He's going to win it. Matt Seidel steps in and says, hold on, I'm going to be in it. I'm looking for redemption from last year. And then Christian makes some joke about him slipping off the top rope. Uh, and then Seidel says, oh, by the way, I signed the open contract i'm gonna be facing you next week
2: yeah christian after that we had orange cassidy versus pack for the number one contender what is for
3: pack of liking to be thrown into the barricade and throwing people into the barricade i swear half his matches are people being thrown into the barricade
2: i like being thrown in the barricade you bastard i know your face off uh so yeah like or towards the finish what the finish of this match was? Pack powerbombing Orange Cassidy into pure oblivion. This was an ugly looking powerbomb. It was high uh, on the
3: shoulders and the neck. So
2: yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty nasty. So uh, while they're sorting out that uh, Callus comes out with a mic and he's telling Pack to hurry up because the champion wants to know who's going to win this match, so he knows who he's going to face a double or nothing. Kenny comes in and he blasts Pack with a title. Uh, neither men get up from a 10 count, so they get doubly counted out.
3: Yeah, standing 10 count, yeah.
2: So Calla says, okay, cool. We don't have an opponent for double or nothing. What should we do, Kenny? Kenny says, fuel up the motorcycles. We're going on a road trip. And then Tony Skiobone interrupts. He says, I've been informed by Tony Khan. It's going to be a triple threat between Pac, Orange Cassidy, and Kenny Omega defending his title. Kenny explodes on him. He's like, oh, 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 we're not going to do this. We're not going to take this. And then uh, they sort of mill. They just disappear.
3: Yeah, yeah. after that, Young Bucks and the Good Brothers are in their locker room. They're upset. Their locker room got trashed. Gallo says, we know who did this. They've been disrespecting the most illustrious faction in wrestling. What are you going to do about it? And Matt says, let's talk about what we're going to do. But first, let's talk about uh, the fact they sent SCU out to pasture and matt says why not uh face now the new number one contenders the tag titles varsity blondes next week but getting back to mox and kingston he challenges them to a match at double or nothing
2: kind of sucks being number one contenders when you're just basically getting looked over but i know i mean it's it's a it's a look it's a small quibble but i think it is like being number one contenders should mean a lot i know like I don't know, matches on Dynamite should be weighted or something. I mean, honestly,
3: what they should have done is not mention facing Varsity Blondes next week and just issue the challenge, and that's between now and then, they can just say, oh, Varsity Blondes, they get a match uh, against the Young Bucks because they're number one contenders.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, that's it's one of the rare instances. I really like the ranking system, mm-hmm. but it's one of the rare instances where there might just be too much going on for them to bother with the ranking system in certain situations, and you're a wrestling company. You don't have to pay attention to all your rules. Just by and large, stick to them. But in this case, it's like, okay, well, we know what the match is going to be a double or nothing. It's going to be for the tag titles. It's going to be Mox and Kingston. So, like... Why are varsity blondes getting around? Like they're number one contenders. Now they're gonna. What happens after you, you lose your number one contender match?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, start over. I don't know what happens. Yeah, Anyways, I guess after start, that
3: you get docked down to the bottom of the power rankings. I have to work your way back up. I guess.
2: I guess so. Uh, so after that, uh, Hangman in the Dark Order. Hangman basically challenged. I don't really write much of this down, but he challenged Cage at Double or Nothing. Basically yeah, he, says just you and me because he, your dudes just came out and yeah. Yeah,
3: that's pretty much it. That's yeah. pretty much it after yeah, uh, so that uh coronation of pinnacle uh so mjf is walking out there with a crown and a, a really good looking pink suit um and he says uh not that i tell you i was going to take jericho's spot uh now i'm the demo god the king of aew and you'll refer to me as the greatest of all time don't boo bow it to him and the pinnacle he says pinnacle uh, is responsible for aew being number one on no cable last win. week um and he's like hey inner circles down to three or down two men santana and jericho of course Santana's in jail jericho is uh, nursing a, a, a injured arm he says which is why he's perplexed the inner circle would challenge them for a rematch he says but i'm a b- benevolent king would the people like to see a rematch he thinks about it says his answer is no passes the mic to tully
0: In just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
3: Tully takes the scenic path to say that I got everybody a gift. It's really good looking watches. And uh, while everybody's, you know, uh, hugging Tully, looking at their watches, you hear a car horn starts blaring. And MJF's like, who's honking? And it's the inner circle on an inner circle-themed field cart they probably use at the stadium, the football stadium. Mm -hmm. And they're hauling hauling a a bubbly wagon behind them. Mm -hmm. And Sammy's standing in the the bed of the field cart, and he's got like a little candy. You know what's coming. The bubbly. The bubbly. So MJF is like, hey, we're done with you. Santana is detained. You know we're never seeing Jericho again. Get out of here. And then Jericho emerges from the back of the bubbly cart. He's got a huge brace on one of his arms. So he says, I'll ask again, do we give us a rematch? Yes or no? And MJF says, no, the answer is still no. And then Jericho goes, all right, just be clear, the answer is no, right? Yeah. And he says, all right, Sammy Open fire. So Sammy starts shooting champagne at the pinnacle. Uh, you know, they're doing all the stuff that, uh, that you know, back when the Austin did the beer bath to The Rock and, the, and Shane and Vince, slipping all over the ring and whatnot. Finally, Sammy stops. MJF stands up. He's just drenched and bubbly. Uh, tells Jericho, I'll give you a rematch in the match that you lost last year, Stadium Stampede. He says this year nothing funny is going to happen cuz this year if you lose Inner Circle has to break
2: up forever. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, all my confidence points on the Inner Circle winning at Stadium Stampede. I'll uh, probably I'd probably have more
3: on uh on uh, Kenny retaining the title cuz he's totally retaining the title.
2: Oh yeah, that's totally happening. That's absolutely happening, you know. Yeah, I feel okay so so far. I feel like Brits Brits not a lock lock, but she's the middle of my confidence points. It's like Hangman's hey gonna beat Brian Cage. Hangman's a hundred percent gonna beat Hangman Page. What about the tag titles? You think Mox and Kingston have a shot? Yeah, they should win. They should, they win, should, win. They should win.
3: They should win. them. Yeah, they hundred percent should win them. Um, yeah, Kenny's totally irritating. I don't. I don't know about the Cody uh,
2: Anthony Agogo thing. Like, oh, I'm, I, if I had, I mean. Only because Kenny's a bigger lock and inner circles, a, a bigger lock, but I might just on principle alone, put all my confidence points on Cody. Interesting. Cause I, yeah, I don't, yeah, boy, I don't, man, he would do that. He would do that. Has a go, go had a match yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's he won his via look? gut punch. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's won via gut punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, then we get a Britt Baker interview. Um, JR brings up this about a year ago that uh, Sheeta broke her nose. And Britt says, Yeah, I had to get my nose reconstructed. I was out for five months. Uh, you know what? You can let pain change you or hurt you. And she said, uh, Since then, uh, I've become, as JR says, the baddest bitch on the block. Um, she says, it's poetic that the monster Sheeta created will be the woman to dethrone her. Uh, Britt suggested to Tony Khan. That so, I guess they, they showed footage of a photo shoot for Forbes where Tony Khan and some of the some AEW wrestlers are out in the ring taking pictures for a profile at Forbes. Britt interrupts, and uh, she says the reason she did that, she was telling Tony that hey, maybe you should have pictures of all the current champions when this piece comes out, not who the champions are now. Because in that case, Britt says, I will be the champion. Mm-hmm. Um, and She says, Sheeta has been champion for about a year, she's kept the di- division alive on life support. Um, she says but she's the face of the, of the division she's the role model she's the pulse and when you're the pulse you don't need a machine to keep it alive and she guarantees victory at double or nothing
2: all the confidence points Britt baker has on brit baker. Britt baker that's right DMD. this was a kill this was a killer interview i really enjoyed this this was good um after that we had <clears throat> thunder rosa versus jasmine allure and uh, the allure didn't last long because it was maybe three minutes at most. really short. And really I short. I don't know if Jasmine got any offense in. I don't believe she did. Thunder Rosa picked up the win easy.
3: Easily, easily. And easy. afterwards, they announced that to D will be defending the NWA women's title uh, next week against Red Velvet. Oh, that's cool. Right awesome. on. I
2: know Thunder Rosa has like a NWA power match mm-hmm. against Camille, maybe? Oh, okay. And it's like if Thunder Rosa loses that match, she's not allowed to wrestle anywhere else. So she's going to win that match because That's she's going to wrestle in other places. That's an interesting stipulation. Oh, look, this is just what I read on Twitter. I thought, I thought it was be <laughs> I didn't, I if didn't she actually... loses
3: that match, she, she doesn't get to contend for the title again or something like that. But if she
2: loses, she can never wrestle anywhere but NWA. I don't know what precipitated that. Yeah. I, I even read it a couple times myself. Interesting. And I was like, well, that's not going to. That's that's, that's that's called telegraphing finish. your finish. <laughs> you're telegraphing the finish there. Uh, also, very strange stipulation.
3: Also next week, we're getting the Young Bucks versus Varsity Blondes. You mentioned that. Uh, Christian Cage versus Matt Seidel. And then Anthony Agogo will be taking on Austin Gunn.
2: Ooh. Austin Gunn's going to have rib tape the next week. Gut punch. That's what we're gonna see. (laughs) Chelio says Thunder Rosa has her own company.
3: (laughs) That's weird. Apparently, she can't wrestle for her own company if she loses this match. No, no
2: more Mission Pro Wrestling.
3: Nope. Uh, We get a quick Jade Cargill interview. Uh, They did a a replay of Mark Sterling uh, making his pitch to be her manager, Um, and uh, she just says, "I handle my business. I'm listening to offers, but I'm my own
2: boss." Mm -hmm. Uh, After that, we had a Darby Allen short film. I loved this. I thought because it was, it actually, it was straightforward as opposed to being poetic or whatever he does before. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, so he's in a car in Seattle. He's sort of being interviewed, I guess, by whoever's producing this. Uh, And he's like, you know, how are you feeling? Uh, What do you think about Miro uh, since you've been thrown down that stairwell? And he was like, I don't have time to think about being thrown downstairs. Here I am in Seattle. It's my hometown. He goes to an old skate warehouse And then he sort of cuts a promo to the camera, and he says, "Uh, Miro, all you talked about was glass ceilings when you got here. But what have you done since you've been here? Video games? Being a best man at some dude's wedding? I do not buy what you are selling. I know exactly who I am. Do you know who you are? He says, look at me, you generic son of a bitch. You're not taking this from me. Say what you want. You'll have to admit I'm one of the toughest men you've ever stepped in the ring with. He called them underwhelming as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was just a really great promo, and I was like, man, I really want Darby to keep this thing and give it away some WWE reject. Uh, so then we had oh, Miro how versus. You. How dare you? <laughs> just trying to get a rise. Miro versus Darby Allen. Uh And, yeah, that fool had the TNT logo All right. Right. I mean, he did look like the TNT championship. He did. He did. He, he did. It he really was amazing.
3: Did. Amazing. Amazing. That so uh, guy, Miro, that guy. Miro jumps Darby. As he's trying to get in the ring, he's yelling at the ref to ring the bell while he's beating the hell out of Darby. Uh, it spills out to the floor. Miro beals Darby across the ringside area, toss him at the guardrail, rams the ring post, clotheslines uh, uh Oh, sorry, Darby. Clotheslines Miro over the guardrail. That doesn't sound right. No, close lines Darby over the guardrail, and then bellies to belly him back over to ringside area, and then uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page are laughing it up in the stands. Uh, Miro puts Darby back in the ring, continues to beat him up, eventually steps away ref checks on darby uh darby says he's good to go
1: the angie's list you know and trust is now angie and we're so much more than just a list we still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly we can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish so remember angie's list is now angie and we're here to get your job done right Get started at com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.
3: Miro hits a Machka kick. Uh, mm. Covers. Darby kicks out, and Miro starts celebrating like Miro he wants. Start starts celebrating. Great. Gosh, he's great. Uh, Darby rolls out of the ring. Miro follows, and Darby starts getting some offense, hits a couple of drop kicks, looks for a stunner. Darby. Uh, Miro catches him, tries to ram Darby into the ring post. Darby escapes that, pushes Miro into the post, Darby falls with a, a, a crazy suicide dive with a ton of velocity. He literally was bounced off Miro. A bounced cannonball.
2: Off. I think I honestly think this is not exaggeration. I've seen tons of Ray Phoenix. I've seen tons of Darby Allen. I don't know that I've seen one. This looked like another level of velocity. It, it really, really was. did. It really was. And I'm hit. not saying that just because I just saw it. He hit Miro and
3: then he bounced off. Yeah. He bounced. Yeah. Man, I've never seen someone bounce off someone so far from the suicide dive. So anyways, mm-hmm. he goes back up top looking for a coffin drop down to the floor. Miro catches him, hits a German suplex on the floor. After that, Scorpio Sky, uh, after uh, Ethan Page distracts Sting, chop blocks Sting, takes out his knee. Uh, meanwhile, Darby tries to man a little bit of offense, puts Miro into sleeper. Uh, Darby's having trouble maintaining his grip because his arm's bad. He's got it all taped up. Uh, eventually, though, uh, they spill out to the floor. Darby's going for the sleeper again. And Darby breaks that up by uh, driving uh, Miro. Breaks it up by driving Darby into the wall of the stage, and that thing didn't give. No, it didn't. And there Not was a very all. audible thud.
2: They replayed it three times to- or two <sighs> times, and my god, it looked bad every time. It did look
3: bad. So back in the ring, Miro's working over Darby's bad arm. Uh, Darby's thrown into the ropes. He kind of rolls over and he looks. Up, he the this. He looks over at Sting, almost like asking, "What do I got to do? What can I do here?" And Sting says something to him. I was just,
2: trying to re, I was trying to read the lips, but honestly, like the body language, the facial language, it just it just looked like <laughs> Sting was like, "Hey, kid, do what you can do, but you're not gonna you're not gonna win them all," yeah. you know.
3: And so, Darby gives him a fist bump. Starts mounting a bit of a comeback, hits a couple stunders here, uh, hits a coffin drop, but on impact, Miro catches him, picks him up, looks for a German suplex. Darby lands on his feet. Rolls up Miro, gets it. They did a good job of making this, the end of this match pretty damn exciting. You thought, well, oh, maybe Darby has a chance here.
2: I know, man. I was in it. I was wrapped up. I was yeah, wrapped
3: up. I could tell. I could tell. So he rolls up Miro, gets it two, hits Code Red, gets another two. Darby locks on an arm bar. Miro just powers him out, powers out, locks on game over, and actually did the, the, great, the great final over the body. It just starts leaning back and the Darby passes out, ref stops the match. It was quick. It was really quick, quick too, yeah. So uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, they attack Sting after the bell. Dark Order come out to make the save, and then Lance Archer comes marching out at the end, all angry while Miro's trying to celebrate. So I'm guessing that's going to be our double or nothing TNT title match.
2: Probably. Probably be the case. Oh, man, yeah, I gave this one four stars. It had me wrapped up, dude. But by the finish, I was like, come on, man, come on, let's do it. And I love, I love when they bring me to that point. Mm-hmm. Let's answer a couple questions here.
3: Uh, Hugh Longheavy says, Mox and Eddie versus the Young Bucks shouldn't be on pay-per-view when SCU breakup was on Dynamite. It's thrown-together tag team over a legendary team. I don't disagree with you. That being said, Mox is a huge star. Uh, so if he's going to be contending for the tag title, it's going to happen on pay-per-view because he, people will buy pay-per-views to watch Moxley
2: Russell. Eddie Kingston has every right to be an AEW world champion that's how that's how good he is he is that damn good i don't think of them i do not think of them as a thrown together team i think that via by virtue of the story it makes all the sense in the world for them to be together um and and you like you said mox is a big big deal he's a big big name um i i definitely think that the scu thing Probably should have been the main event or a main event mm-hmm. of an episode of Dynamite. I mean, look, I'll be honest, it should be a pay-per-view level match, or at least at least one of the matches on a blood and guts as card, like mm. a special event dynamite. It's a big, big deal. It's a big deal. And I thought they were gonna make a much bigger deal about it. And they should have. Yeah, they should. That being said, I totally get Mox versus Mox and Kingston. Yeah. Like I I maybe, think that's a bigger match. Maybe
3: we'll see SCU uh uh
2: Cost the young bucks a tag
3: titles at at a double or nothing. Yeah, could be, could be. Uh, oh, Church. This is a while ago, but Church says Miro is live on Instagram right now.
2: That's cool. Screw that guy. I'm gonna unfollow oh, him Miro's on Instagram the best. now. Miro, I oh, mean, he's got heat with me. I'm gonna write him a angry email. JTV. I'm not gonna do that because that'd be crazy. It says, uh, just like SCU's, uh win or end the tag team stipulation which stipulation if not completed would mean the end of steven larson as a podcast oh man
3: uh we have to get 200 000 subs by some point
2: <laughs> that ain't happening <laughs> that ain't happening yeah that's a tough one uh let's see here like we have to get uh, two hundred
3: thousand subs by the end of the year or we just
2: call it quits so I'm going to, I'll shout out David Matushek here. Okay. But something tells me that some of these other Patreon, actually, no. Okay. <clears throat> if anybody has a question about what we think about Cody's current storyline, we already talked about that. Uh, so yeah, it does. His question is, does it seem dated? Yes, it does seem very dated.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, Fear and Loathing says, I want to go, go to come out next week and say, say he loves America and doesn't know what Cody's problem is.
2: If he just no-sold it, that'd be amazing. Be like, yeah, I apply for my citizenship. I love it. It's great. Yeah. I'm and I'm in Florida. Imagine how I feel about the rest of this country. <laughs> uh it's Duker, Baby says anytime Excalibur yells, New Champs during a match, you can guarantee the other guy's gonna end up winning. <laughs> yeah, trying to trying to sell the moment, that's all right. Yeah. Uh
3: Lord Corgi says, I'm ready for the reign of Miro San Martino. Yeah, he should have that belt forever.
2: Mm-hmm. Punk's not dead has a good question here but I mean I, you know it, I think it's kind of obvious he says why the hell did Sting sit there and watch Miro beat the crap out of Darby before the match started made no sense to me when he always has a bat Sting is there to make sure outside interference doesn't kill it um, but this is Darby's fight and he's not there to get involved in Darby's fight he's just made there to make sure that Darby has his fight and not anybody else in the yeah. surrounding area yeah but he, he knows, hey, you know, I'm not, here to, I'm not here to make sure my guy wins.
3: He's not there to help Darby win. He's there to make sure that he, other people don't cause him to lose.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. Uh,
3: Michael Sodope says, I won't be happy in life until Samoa Joe shows up and chokes out Cody.
2: Oh, I want him to show up. and That'd be great. And then Miro, then choke out Miro. Oh, no, Miro's so good. And then have him pass out.
3: Uh, Dangum Key says, ESPN had our interview with Darby on Sports Nation. Oh, and Charlie Charlie Caruso did the interview.
2: Oh, that's nice. She is AEW. I mean ESPN. Uh, Luis Areza says, who do you think is going to be the first to take the titles off the Young Bucks? I think it very well might be Mox and uh, and Uh, Kingston. Very good chance that happens. Very good chance. Uh, Jorge D says, Cody gets tweeted a
3: clip of this Twitch stream where Steve said that he is a huge fan of Cody's America gimmick and is all in. Want to seem like a man of the people, Cody hires going in raw to create his entire entrance for double or nothing. Mm-hmm. Cody gives you a blank check and says, Let's pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and get to work. What is your idea oh. for Cody's double or nothing entrance?
2: I love that dude just said bootstraps. <laughs> There's a big lie for you. Um Okay, so are we gonna do this like legitimately? Like, okay, let's see what is Okay, number one. Lex Luger accompanies them. Like, okay, who's in his entourage? Because he has like an entourage. It's one of those Cody matches where he has an entourage. So you need great Americans. You need Lex Luger. Yeah, Lex there. Express, yes. You need... Um, oh, uh, uh, Well, I don't know if he's still alive. Hold on. I mean, you got to have Stallone. You get Sly Stallone. He comes out. It's Carl, Carl Weathers still alive? Stallone yeah. and Carl Weathers. Yeah, what about Del Wilkes? The Patriot. Perfect. Yeah. Is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. I just checked. He's still with us. Okay. Del Wilkes is with us. Um, Jim Duggan. That's good. Good. Who's that? Fear and Loathing said that. Very good.
3: See, I think uh, what we need to do is on the surface, make it seem like in Cody's mind, this is uh, you know like what he wants. Yeah. But we will make it mm-hmm. to subtly for okay. people who are paying attention. Yeah. You're like, okay, someone here... Is is trying to have a laugh a little bit at Cody's oh, expense.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very subtle, yeah. I like that. Uh let's see here. Moses opposes. Uh power rank challengers for Moxley's US Championship. Kenny. Um Is isn't uh, is Lawler the uh, strong champion right now? Mm-hmm. Thought I saw him with a strong title. Mm-hmm. Man, I was watching an MLW pay per view from like 2017. Yeah, and it was hilarious how much of a forbidden door that place was at the time because it was the main event was like a, God. I forget it was a Swerve Scott, Shane Strickland, and I forget who his partner was, but he was taking on Darby Allen and uh, Jimmy Havoc. Oh wow! Uh, Matt Riddle fought uh, Tom Lawler. Um, MVP was in a match, and I forget who he was in a match against. But it was like a ton of people. MJF, of course, was there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like a ton of people from all the all these different places. Now it's all WWE, NXT, AEW, all just mixing up in one place. MLW once had, you know, I mean, I know half those guys weren't under actual contract, but you know, yeah, they had a of lot of city. people working for them. But I don't know who in New Japan is like a likely contender uh, at like Dominion if he if he does it there. Jay White, maybe. If he wants yeah. to be a belt collector, maybe. Yeah, maybe.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I thought Kento was going to be the guy that took that belt off. I thought that was him. I thought I that know. was it. Talk about yeah. confidence points. I would have a ton on that happening. Mm-hmm. A ton. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I know. Evil. Oh, gosh. Not Evil. Jeff Cobb. Have Jeff Cobb take that title
2: off him. Uh, he's in the Empire. Yeah, I know, but Jeff Cobb's great. Empire. He Today. is great, but he How about the Great O'Con? Have him take no, it. No, Jeff off. Cobb. Uh, Sonata. Let's see here. Sonata. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, Hugh along he points out Darby having Rosemary's face paint tonight. Mm-hmm. It was a different face paint scheme. I liked it. Uh,
3: yeah. Zoe Kinrana do you think AEW is getting to the point where they're overusing blood I definitely think it'd be effective but sometimes it seems like they're just doing it to do it I've never like really got the sense that, that it was ever doing it to do it maybe with the soul remember that one crazy was it false cat anywhere match that the uh, was it the butcher was bleeding all over the place
2: oh my god yeah
3: that was just more surprising that that happened
2: you know I think that because WWE had a ban on it since going back to like 2000, and they make it such a big deal that we're all sort of like put off or just surprised that there is so much blood in AEW. Um, it doesn't bother me all that much. Like I don't want my 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 thing is this: I don't want to see anybody get hurt. Mm-hmm. I would rather see somebody bleed the way Daniels bled tonight every single week rather than see what happened to Orange Cassidy anytime. You know, I'd rather I'd much rather see blood all the time. And does it lessen the drama? Maybe. No, I don't think it does, man. I mean, we've seen it so much. And tonight with Daniels, I was like, holy crap. What a dramatic moment. moment. Now, if he was acting like it didn't affect him, then yeah. But if you bleed that much and you act, oh, my God, this is fucked me up. Then I'm going to buy into it. I'm totally going to buy into it. Exactly.
3: Uh, White Brownie, by the end of the year, do you see New Japan getting more involved with AEW and potentially help Dynamite get two million? Um, I think even if Okada and uh, Jay White and Tanahashi showed up, I don't know if that'd be enough to get
2: Dynamite to two million. Here's the thing: anybody right who away, is, least. I think anybody who is watching, I, th- I I honestly think they've hit a ceiling in terms of what the Forbidden Door can do. I mean, maybe if they start booking a Forbidden Door storyline that is really, really compelling, you might get it up to like one and a half. But I think that there are this many fans. However many people watched last week, one point mm-hmm. one or whatever, mm-hmm. maybe even one point three. I think that's the limit on the number of fans who are going to tune in because of that reason. Um, after that, it's like you gotta you gotta bring them in with other mainstream names, perhaps. Uh, other WWE signings that bring over their own fans from WWE um, and just building up your own people over a long period of time. Uh, If you can get some mainstream press via really cool storylines, the way that Austin and and Tyson did back in the day, then you can see a bump. Then people come over they'll keep on watching. But I kind of feel like the forbidden door stuff has a ceiling in terms of growing the fan base and I think it's a really good ceiling for them if they get over a million on a regular basis because of it. Know. Great. I think that's that's awesome. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we're going to go ahead and end it there. Say thanks to everybody out there for uh, uh, tuning in. We appreciate it. Tomorrow at noon Pacific, three Eastern, Yes, we'll be live. Uh, wa- we'll be watching along with NXT UK and then doing our news brief live. And then of course uh, tomorrow night is Impact yes. live on the Twitch. So yes. hopefully we'll see you there. Thanks for watching. Till next time we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Help support Going In Raw today by becoming a Frendo Club TV member. You'll get access to new bonus episodes every week including Frendo Club Arcade.